Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. I am delighted and in many ways surprised to be welcoming you to the 73rd, 73rd episode of the UK Tech Weekly podcast. And sitting next to me, I've got three of the finest minds in UK-based weekly tech podcasting. Pod- <laughs> say Henry Burrell. <laughs> podcasting? Again? No, no, keep going. No, I, I'm I not can, starting again. I can I'm, cut you. I mean, I am starting again. What? I can cut you. It's fine. Really? Yeah. Podcasting, I love that. <laughs> we can this do is going to be the theme. <laughs> we'll always have Harris. It's like Paris. <laughs> we'll always have Harris. It's Miriam Harris, staff writer on Digital Arts. Hello. Hello. Roll out the barrel, obviously. Uh, it's Henry Burrell, Hello. senior staff writer and tech advisor in Macworld. And handle with Carey, it's Scott Carey. <laughs> obviously. Editor of Computer World. I didn't say my own name either. I'm David Price. Hi. Um, and the price Hi, David. How are you? Is right. The price is right. Deputy editor of Macworld. Um, for your listening <laughs> pleasure, <laughs> for your absolutely shambolic listening pleasure today, apparently, we've got Amazon goes big, Zuckerberg goes virtual, and Harrison Ford goes back to the future. Let's get started. Hello. Scott. Yep. <laughs> Henry. <laughs> More editing for Henry. <laughs> Scott Carey, uh, what has Facebook been up to lately, and what has it got to do with Puerto Rico. Yeah, so um, there was a pretty sort of tone-deaf video that went up on Facebook uh, earlier this week. I think it was earlier this week. Feels yep. like it was a while ago. Um, where um, Mark Zuckerberg and his head of social VR, uh, Rachel Rubin Franklin, who used to work, job. she used to work on The Sims. Uh, she's ex mm. uh, Electronic Arts, um, which kind of makes sense when you see. Um, Facebook spaces because they're all quite sim-like, um, yeah. sort of personas. But like, I think they look a little bit more like the uh, the Mies from the Nintendo yeah. Wii. Yes, they do. They yeah. look a lot like that actually because they've got the big heads. Yeah, um, no brains inside. As we find <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, so they basically decided to um, post a video on Facebook showing off Facebook Spaces, which is their new social VR uh, application for the Oculus, where um, you can sort of hang out with people in virtual spaces. Um, so you will see in VR. you will see a real place, yeah, and you see each other's avatars, cartoonish, sim-like avatars, yeah, and then you can all talk to each other, and that's that's how it works. That's yeah, it's it like a virtual chat room. Okay, um, so that's what uh, Facebook Spaces is, and that's what they were trying to promote. Um, but then things kind of got weird really quickly because they decided to 
um, they were having a chat in the in the, on the roof terrace of their uh, office in um, Menlo Park in California, and then they were like, "Let's go somewhere else." And where they decided <laughs> to go was um, sort of disaster-stricken Puerto Rico post uh, hurricane. Um, so oh. they they basically the next minute you've got these two cartoonish avatars. Uh, Rachel's wearing like fake aviators, oh, no. <laughs> and they're like. And then they're, the next minute they're just standing in the streets. And what the actual, um, the environment they're in is a 360 video done by NPR of like the devastation um, that the hurricane sort of inflicted on Puerto Rico. And the next minute this like video is sort of playing in the background. Um, but Zuckerberg and um, Ruben Franklin are just sort of having a conversation like in VR over the top. Like they're not aware of what's around them. Well, they kind of are, but then... It's pretty bad. It, they, so, but they didn't care. Yeah. So they're, they're just like, oh, we're standing in the street. And it's it really is flooded in real life. Yeah. And they're just sort of going... Oh. And there's there's oh. a horrible, horrible moment where um, you can tell that Zuck is like a little bit distracted because he's trying to do loads of things at once. So he's not quite aware of like what he's saying you or mean, what's going on behind like him. Like a real compassionate human Exactly. Being, which he finds quite difficult. So there's a, yeah, there's a horrendous moment where basically they're having a conversation about something and they're like, look how awesome it is that we can transport anywhere in the world and really experience new things. Let's do a high five. And they do a high five. But as they do the high five, the scene behind them switches to basically a completely flooded street. <laughs> and, and then he like showed off his dog. And yeah. it was weird. Um, it was very weird. So the idea, the idea was that they were meant to be showing off um, the fact that you can uh, sort of hang out in real places so that they can do 360 video of a place like Puerto Rico and then you can hang out there. And then also the other thing that he really wanted to do was he wanted to talk about how they donated $1.5 million to the Red Cross and they developed this AI application with Red Cross where they were like mapping Puerto Rico so they could see where which areas were most devastated. But he kind of just like rattled through all this content and then he kept bringing it back to like, how cool is it that we can just hang out in Puerto Rico while people are like trying to like wring water yeah. out of like flannels and they're like trying to like rebuild their homes. Coming up next, Mark Zuckerberg live from the Mandalay Bay, thirty second floor. <laughs> like they couldn't have like picked a stupider thing. No, I, I mean hard, that might have been so stupider. easy to think of all the other things they could have shown. It's in just, the entire, like, actual world than yeah. doing that. So my favourite piece on it was Olivia Salon, who works for The Guardian. She used to work for Wired. And she, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's the first person that referred to it as uh, disaster tourism, which, which is exactly what it is. And um, that's what Zuckerberg was like. He was like, look how great it is that we can experience the devastation without actually leaving my lovely <laughs> office yeah. in San Francisco. Mm. That's horrible. It's, but I do feel like I need to defend them a little bit. Here. Yeah. Um, in that you can see you can see that they are trying to help. Mm-hmm. And they, as you said, they are juggling a lot of balls here. Yeah. They are, as I understand, they're also working to restore uh, internet connectivity. Yeah, using the their well. balloony things. Yeah. So they... <laughs> yeah, the balloony things. So, I mean, you, you could argue... <laughs> uh, you could argue that they're doing more to help than Donald Trump, for example. Yeah. But they're dealing with it, or he specifically is dealing with it in his characteristic... Um, antisocial robot yeah. soulless way <laughs> that's what's gone wrong here um, and it it's sort of a sad it's a sad thing that it's it's blown up in his face this much yeah, he's tried no. to do a good thing in a really hopelessly tone deaf way um, and yes he has sort of made the disaster all about him and his products yeah but um, I agree it, it, it is the internet you know people resort to snark very quickly um, and yeah. uh, I think the, the tone deaf of it 
tone deaf nature of it ended up becoming sort of a PR disaster. And he's apologized since actually Zuckerberg came mm-hmm. out and said, um, I realize how this looked. Um, and uh, I apologize. Basically, I wanted to promote the, the good work we were doing with the Red Cross and I yeah. probably didn't do it in the right way, um, which which I, I think is to is to be commended because, uh, you know, that, that, that probably wasn't his intention, but it just mm-hmm. sounds like it was maybe a rushed experience or like some something about it was basically they just hadn't really thought through the optics of it but it does further prove like billionaires slow removal from reality yeah because i mean he is he is doing a lot of things he's quite philanthropic in that way he sees himself as a bit of a bill gates who's like retiring and putting lots of money into good causes but he just does it in such a strange way yeah and sort of all the photo ops that we laugh at of him like trying to relate to the working class americans yeah um, this just it was yeah as you say presented very badly even if he was doing it for a good a good cause. There was another really horrible moment where um, they'd been in, hanging out in virtual Puerto Rico for about sort of ten Stop minutes. Calling it that <laughs> <laughs> VPR, <laughs> and um, they basically uh, were like chuckling to each other, and then they were like, okay, should we uh, should we go back to California now? And then they just like zip back to California, and it was like guys yeah. like this is yeah really like, you really haven't thought this through it fits in with all that stuff about billionaires making um futuristic bunkers and stuff doesn't it yes the, the idea of ever having to take consequences for the world that is deteriorating around them in some cases related to their activities or their company's activities it's just alien to them they just think at any point they can be floated out of there and they'll be fine yeah and it's all a bit disturbing um you mentioned photo ops and I mentioned Donald Trump a second ago, who seems to get into every podcast. Do you think this is at all related to um, Zuckerberg's alleged presidential ambitions? I don't. I'm not sure there's a link there, particularly. I mean, maybe everything he does now is is potentially linked to that ambition um, that he says he doesn't have. Um, but I, I really do think that his heart was possibly in the right place in the fact that he thought they were doing some good work with Red Cross and he wanted to find a way to promote it. But as you said earlier, unfortunately, the way he wanted to promote it was by also promoting one of his new products. And I think that's this, the This problem. is the thing. Was he, promote, is he, was he, sorry, slightly ignorant here now, is he promoting his own efforts to support the Red Cross or was he trying to get other people to help? Because sometimes I just think if you have, if you have billions of dollars and you want to help a good cause, why, why do you even need anyone to know? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, like, why do you have to take the credit for that? Is it just they just want to pat on the back, do they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I know it's very Definitely. it's yeah. great, but like if if you if we can't offer our paychecks, like why does he even have to let anyone know? Yeah, I mean it's a double thing, isn't it? You, I think you've always got the reasonable justification that you are saying you are simultaneously giving the money and you're also saying, look, I've given the money. Wouldn't you like to do the same thing? I'm I'm getting this public acclaim for it. You could get it on a smaller level by giving your money and except nobody would because we're not famous i know but yeah <laughs> I, I i'm very suspicious actually of his of his motives in this because i i i do think it's related to the presidential thing I, I think he's conscious that donald trump dropped the ball on it and he wants to show look look at me mm. i can deal with as he said i can deal with real people and i'm there helping unlike donald trump um i'm i'm the the regular guy on the streets. It's classic Silicon. Yeah, it's classic Silicon Valley, though, isn't it? It's like I, I can do it, but I don't actually want to go to the not so nice mm. place. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, at this point, I don't know how much it actually helps for a international celebrity to go there. 
No. Um, it's not like they're going to be needed to shift sandbags, is it? They're just. Gonna but be... they could. Well, yeah. you can. He could well, still could. do that. Do you, th- yeah. do you think he could still do but that? Yes. Can... I think his Beyonce had a good photo away. Away. didn't she? Didn't Beyonce go down and help out? Well, Some you can basketball nice shot um, sort of loo roll around, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> Which Apparently is, Trump was throwing out little rods to the crowds and stuff. And then no, that's what he was doing, but he was doing it like with a basketball like stroke, like yeah. where he was like shooting. Apparently like, he like, like picked up like really heavy like jars and of like glass, and, he, and like his like the whole crowd had to tell him not to throw. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he could pick them up because I always imagine him being like Mr. Burns, where it's he tiny like hands. <laughs> give you the beating of your life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, moving on from Donald Trump, please. Um, is VR something that can ever be? Um, a tool for dealing with serious issues. Um, I mean, Miriam, for example, do you you deal with uh, visual effects, special effects, um, yeah. this sort of thing? Can it approach a serious topic without making it into a cartoon? Yeah, not in that way. Like I've seen a lot of good work for therapy and like people who have come out of the military and that kind of thing. Um, more like a mental way of helping, but I, I can't see any way how it could practically help an issue like mm-hmm. a natural disaster. Definitely not. No, yeah. I remember there was um, the Guardian had a a VR tool um, that was supposed to show you uh, the inside of a solitary confinement or would you yes. cell. Yeah, um, so you would that. experience it as that. Um, and I've seen a few other tools like that. The, I think the idea yeah. of it is that it would give you empathy. And I think it's I think it's richly ironic that a tool that is designed for empathy has been dealt with in this utterly. Mm. I've done a thing like that where um, I went to the National Theatre and and a filmmaker had made a VR film um, from inside the uh, one of the camps, uh, one of the immigrant camps, um, Calais. Calais. Yeah. Um, And that was designed for that. It was designed to give you empathy. And to be honest, Mm. like experiencing it was really interesting because you you could sort of start to feel sort of the claustrophobia of it and and how horrendous the. sort of conditions were but there's nothing i can do from there you know it's it is it is disaster tourism it is sort of yeah i I don't really know what the value is beyond that yeah unless they give you some way to reach out beyond watching that Mm -hmm. which they never really do at this stage then yeah it's more just like promoting what they can do with their technology i do wonder about people as well that don't have the imagination to put themselves in that position anyway that they need to have it in 1080p yeah around them before yeah. they can go oh hang on to maybe be immigrants are this isn't very nice yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i don't know um all right we're gonna wrap this up um i've got a question that's very clever are you ready for this <laughs> yeah very humble of you i know um i'm i'm more humble i was reading the donald trump thing i'm more humble than you can probably understand <laughs> um well, pr di- pr disaster yeah or PR disaster. <laughs> well, I think you know my answer, David. Yeah, it's, PR the, disaster. The thing is, it's a really clever question, but then it doesn't really work. So that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Can I do what I always do and be like, which one's the good one? <laughs> PR disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that one. All right. Uh, Miriam? <laughs> PR disaster. Yeah, Can it rubbish. be VR disaster? Um, yeah, but they're both... Do you not get it? It's really yeah, clever. I get it. <laughs> VR well disaster or PR disaster. No, but then they're both... No, I don't know. Anyway, forget that. Um, after the break, we're going to talk about a new Kindle. Henry Burrell, I hear there's lots to ask about the new Kindle, uh, which is the biggest yet, incidentally. Uh, what's on the page, and does it make good reading for Amazon? I'm it going, might do. It might do. Punch. So... 
There's a new Amazon Kindle out. I know we talked a little bit about Amazon last week, but they did it separately. Uh, there's a new Kindle. Uh, Kindle's been around for 10 years now. How many times are you going to say Kindle? I'm going to pack them in. Uh, it's been around 10 years, and uh, their device has never been waterproof, which is something that loads of consumers want, I presume, um, at the beach, in the pool, bath. The press release even mentioned hot tubs, so a bit of... Sec- <laughs> if, you're, if you're reading when you're in the hot tub, I think you're doing, <laughs> you're doing hot tubs wrong. <laughs> I also thought that. Well, possible. Uh, hot water is... Okay, anyway, it's the new Amazon... <laughs> Kindle o- Oasis. So o- Oasis came out last end of last year, and it was ridiculously expensive. Um, 270 quid for the cheapest Oasis. Um, and the, re- the way it was different was it had a better quality screen. Uh, it was really, really thin. And the design was like um, almost like a grip, like you'd be holding the spine on one side, and then it, was, it sort of thinned out. But the weird thing with the old one was that the battery only lasted about a week, whereas most Kindles run for four to six weeks, um, and they built the battery into the case. So you need to also have a case, which you then magnetically clipped on, and it charged it up a bit more. So if you didn't use it with the case, then it would sort of run out of battery quicker. Um, so I'm a bit confused now. So the Oasis, <laughs> the Oasis isn't actually a new thing. No, it's, this, this is the new, second generation of it. Of the, and the, the way this is different from the old one is that they scrapped that stupid battery case idea. It no longer needs a case to have a decent charge, um, but it's also bigger. Every Kindle up to now has been six inches because um, you've got the Kindle, Kindle Paperwhite, and the Kindle Voyage, which are all sort of increasingly, I say, better with rabbit ears because I think the I actually personally think the original normal yeah. Kindle, which is sixty quid, is actually fine. But uh, this one um, is newer and bigger. It's seven inch screen, and it's fully waterproof. So the first Oasis wasn't waterproof. No, this is the first Kindle. To Why do they call it Oasis then? Um, I was thinking I that was a really clever name, but it just no. you know, it wasn't at all related. Maybe no. they wanted to, and then they just couldn't. So they just I didn't like, even put think it out it. anyway. Classic <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I've never ever seen anyone with a Kindle Oasis. Tons of people have Kindles uh, in and around London where we work, but I've never seen someone with this, and it's because it was two hundred and seventy quid. Uh, this new one is better than the last generation, and it's two hundred and thirty pounds. <laughs> what, no. what, what sort of screen is it? Is it like a iPad screen, or is no? It like it's a... still like an e-ink display, yeah. like you get on um, a paperweight. It's just got a better quality um, PPI, so it's just mm. sharper, basically. And the back, three hundred, three hundred, well researched. <laughs> no, uh, oh, no, I was just guessing because, oh, funnily enough, well guessed. Um, I mean, funnily, annoyingly enough, I just reviewed the Kobo Aura One. You did, um, which I think actually I think has been around for. Oh, well, since last year, but that's 190 pounds and is and is waterproof and has a larger screen, seven yeah. seven point eight inches. Mm-hmm. And the really annoying thing is that in that review, then I basically said, oh, well, you know, it's quite expensive, but it's waterproof, and isn't it about time Amazon got waterproof and it's bigger? And isn't it yep. about time Amazon had a bigger screen? And they've just done these things like a week after I wrote that. <laughs> um, but cool. that is that is 300 DPI, and that's cheaper. Yeah. So in a way. What, what? Amazon still has a stranglehold on the idea of ebooks. I think if you ask the regular guy in the street, and even myself to an extent, before I properly looked into it, I just assumed that Kindle was the only one you could get. Yeah, I've never heard of no. whatever David so just talked about. I think it's like, yeah. it's like my relationship to the Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not massively. Scott doesn't even know that Android phones are a thing. So, no. <laughs> um, what's the library situation on on your one? Do you mean the public library or, or the sort of the bookstore? bookstore. Yeah, both in, those things. Because I swear, Amazon have like a really. Do they have an advantage when it comes? Yeah, to... Yeah, they've got millions of titles. Kobo I mean, does have this? a fairly good selection in, in terms of size of library. Um, Kobo is only a little bit behind. It's like sort of seven million to six million or something. They're okay. both enormous, and they both get all the new books about yeah. the same time. Yeah. If for me, it's curation. 
the fact that you go on, I mean, and this is a true story that I've... Um, true story, everyone. It is a true story. <laughs> when I was testing it, I went on the Kobo uh, bookstore and there was porn on the short story. So you page. gave it five stars. <laughs> <laughs> five thumbs up. Um, <laughs> so to speak. I don't know if that makes sense. Because um, it's just, it, 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 there's some sort of really primitive algorithm that just ranks them according to... Um, whatever's selling the most or whatever's most, most recently uploaded. And this was just some user uploaded, yeah. very poor quality porno. Um, and I did check on somebody else's system to make sure it wasn't my browsing habits. Or something. <laughs> oh, um, but it was, it was legitimately there. And like, Amazon would never let that happen on no. like, one of their major genre front pages. Well, that's um, the thing is Amazon have always been really good at giving you personalised recommendations. Yes, exactly. It's got a little bit cleverer this generation as well. So yes, this is a very expensive Kindle, but it's got six weeks of battery life without the silly case thing. Yeah. Um, it is actually a beautiful piece of design. Um, it's just very expensive. Is it still a wedge? It's kind of a wedge shape. Yeah, yeah you hold one side. It's just one-handed. Um, yeah. So it must be super light then. It's incredibly light, yeah. yeah. I think it's lighter than every other Kindle. Um, but it has this new thing, which I personally don't listen to audiobooks, but it finally has Audible integration. Yeah. And it will, um, cleverly, I thought, if you have an Audible book and then you actually buy the print copy as well, well, I say print, sorry, the Kindle version, mm. it syncs them as one and then you can kind of pick up where you left off in the book uh, with the Audible book and it always syncs everything up. So um, I thought that was quite cool. But strangely, it doesn't have a headphone jack. So if oh, you what? want to actually listen to your Audible books... That's ridiculous. You have to, you know, so you have to use Bluetooth to your headphones or to a Bluetooth speaker. That's, That's ridiculous. Because the time Courage. that you'd want to use it is when you're out and about. Yeah. Nah, the headphone jack's dead though, isn't it? <laughs> Again, Amazon went with uh, the line that Apple and HTC have used with headphone jacks saying they needed it to keep the device slim. But it's yeah. got a wedge on it which has a micro USB port exactly. to charge it. So That's rubbish. It's a load of rubbish. So I think it's, it's that's, really, that's the weird decision considering... The audio output mm. of it is one yeah. of its actual main selling points. It sounds yeah. it sounds to me like the 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 marketing of this is very much aimed at the the beach poolside reader. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, is that how they're sort of yeah? All the it? pictures are. It's just that there's a <laughs> a press picture they use heavily of it um, with soap suds in the bath, yeah, <laughs> and um, beach yeah. by the pool. But I don't know. I mean, like, do people people just won't take the Kindle into the sea? Right? You can get a sixty pound Kindle, and then you don't get the pages wet. Right? I think that's the key thing. Is that this is too expensive? I don't think yeah. people it, would risk the, that. The expense is, is clearly an issue. But I, as um, 
someone that knows lots of people that like taking their Kindle on holiday with them. Yeah. I think the the idea that you can just sort of put it down by the pool yeah. and it, it can get splashed in. or like it can fall on the floor. It can fall in a pool for 60 minutes apparently. So Like I I, I do think that's minutes. a genuine... Think so. Did you read that off my notes? No. Press release. <laughs> <laughs> Is it in your notes? No, it's not in my notes. Oh. And the fact that it's crazy light... Um, so it is attractive, can, so but then I was out. kind of thinking about this um, and the advantages you have on a Kindle because um, it doesn't strain your eyes because it yeah. doesn't have like that glaring backlight and blue light that you do from a, an iPad. But an iPad is only about. Do you know what else doesn't have a glaring backlight? <laughs> 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 are you are you not convinced by ebooks? I no, I don't use ebook readers. But then yeah, it's only a hundred pounds less than Apple's full fat iPad. So it depends what you want. If you really are into your books and you travel those, like Scott says, it's got something like 16 gigabytes of storage for the cheaper one. You'll never, ever fill that up, I promise you. No. E-books are tiny files. Um, you can get a 32 gig one as well, which is even more. But if you buy one device, you can be pretty sure that Kindle's not going away because Nook's gone bust recently. Yes. Sony don't make e-readers anymore. So that's the only thing I would say if you're looking to buy a Kobo. Kobo may not yeah, be around because even be if it has a big library, any company. I wouldn't really bet against Amazon. But you don't bet in against Amazon domain, at the moment, to be honest. So it's, you could you could spend three hundred pounds on a Kindle or two hundred and something, um, but you could have it for ten years. So, so it depends sure. if you want that or you know thirty books <laughs> or, or an iPad. Yeah, or an iPad, which does <laughs> a, a hell of a lot more. Yeah, or an Apple Watch. <laughs> it does make me wonder, though, given that Amazon dominates this market so much. What are they? What exactly are they aiming to do with this? They're not aiming to like knock somebody else out. Mm, I think they're just they're doing it because they can. Books, it's like their vanity. I mean, there's too many Kindles. I I, I agree with the sixty pound one, uh, and then I also agree with the Paperwhite, which is basically um, it's got a slightly better screen and it's got a backlight. The Voyage is always a weird. I thought I thought that was always a weird one. It's like 180 pounds and it's just sort of a bit nicer than. I don't think you should do one. that. I mean, tablets are there uh, as an option if you want that sort of thing, but. A Kindle should be cheap. The whole point of it. Yeah, I agree. It shouldn't compete with a tablet. It should just do what it says on the. Sixty quid is a great, great price for an e-reader. Yeah, it shouldn't be more than that. Seventy quid if you don't want ads on the lock screen. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know those adverts. But no, this is a it's a vanity thing. Uh, Amazon can afford to do it, and it will sell some, and I presume make money on them. So, fair play. Well, they make the money on the books, presumably, and that. Are you an ebook reader? I'm not. I've actually never used one. <laughs> Could this sway you? No, definitely not. Well, I mean, what's the what's the thing? That's but I on? actually do. I think that's the most interesting thing to say. It's waterproof because I think I would be someone who would like my books if when I do read get get ruined because they're always outside. Yeah. So so mm. that is probably the best part about an e-reader. But it's surprising um, how many reading situations involve water. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it really does. I mean, yeah. like the beach swimming pool. And bath. Hot tub. That's how, all how forms of how to scuba dive. Relaxation. Well, that's the book. All the little bits. Yeah, go read it. When you're underwater. No, I like I my my ability to is is purely stubborn. Yeah. It's like a pure yeah. stubbornness oh, that I like books, and I like owning lots of books. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want you can't nice. line your walls with a like, a with Kindle. No. <laughs> but if I did switch to <laughs> if I did switch to an e-reader, I I think the fact that it like the design of it, the wedge design, how light mm. it is, and uh, the fact that it's waterproof would make that the one I would buy, mm. I reckon, of mm. all of them. Interesting. Because yeah. I've, I've reviewed um, two Kindles, um, the Paperwhite and then the cheaper one. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I still buy books. Although actually, why don't you just buy four 60 quid Kindles yeah. and then just, if they get wet, then you just throw it in the bin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's almost to the point where you can, yeah, just, yeah. just get a new one. That's, like, so, that's if, so Western civilization. <laughs> Consumer. Amazon were very good, actually. I had a Kindle like several years ago, back when they still had actual QWERTY keyboards on them. Mm. Um, 
and it broke in my bag and just because I put too much stuff in my bag and I just emailed them being like what can you do and they just sent me a new one brilliant so it's got great customer service did you put your email signature at the bottom so they knew you were a tech journalist this was when I was a student oh right oh, okay. yeah yeah that's fair play that is fair play oh, I like that uh, alright let's go around the room um, and this question was supplied by Henry Burrell <laughs> that's very honest of you the question is Kindle or Swindle uh, Henry um, in this instance, I think it's cool, but Swindle is too expensive. Uh, Scott? Yeah, lean the same way, Swindle. Miriam? I'll just go for Kendall. Why not? <laughs> is, that, is that just to be contrary? <laughs> no, I think it sounds cool. <laughs> well, it's still, it's still Swindle by two votes to one. Uh, after a short break, we're going to come back and discuss Blade Runner. Miriam Harris, um, you've been at the cinema this week. What have you been watching? The new Blade Runner. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, was... we can't afford the music. <laughs> Maybe it turn was... off, listener, if you don't want any spoilers. Oh, Good yeah, point. Yes, gonna... thank you, Henry. Um, yeah, we're going to discuss um, Blade Runner, what's the name? 2049. Yeah. With potentially spoilers. With um, lots of spoilers. With, yeah. <laughs> with lots of spoilers. Um, do you think... Um, do you think it was... Have you seen the one from 1982, Mary? Yes, but it Is was... Is that when it was made? Yep. It was a long time ago. Like I studied it at school, actually, so I can't remember it in detail. And I didn't rewatch it before the second one. But yes, I have seen it. <laughs> I did rewatch it. But yeah, last week. they can probably feel you. Yeah, in. so did I. I watched the theatrical cut, which is Ooh, the, the voiceover. Cut. Yeah. So I watched the director's cut. Do you know about and this? how? Uh, well, I, I do, um, but I'm going to pretend I don't, <laughs> so that you can tell the re- the listeners. It's not too important for what you wanted to talk about for the new film, but the theatrical cut had a voiceover from Harrison Ford that the studio made them do. And it was oh. it made his character a lot less ambiguous, and the ending they like drive off into the sunset. Yeah. Whereas in the director's cut version, and also the final cut, which are actually fairly similar, there's no voiceover, so everything is a lot more moody and ambiguous. Um, there's a dream sequence, famously with the unicorn, which is to suggest that Deckard may not be human, and they don't drive off into the sunset. It's a very kind of the the, the elevator door closes, and then that's it. He get, and she doesn't die, yeah, is she, right? That's the one I've yeah. seen. <laughs> yeah, that's the better version. That is the okay. better one. One last question about that before I go back to Miriam, who is supposed oh. to be talking about this. Sorry, Miriam. Um, no, no. So it's fine. Um, he says that it suggests that he might not be human. Mm-hmm. Then we see um, Deckard, Harrison Ford's character, again in the new film, yes. and he's older. True. Much. So that surely that just proves he's human, or have I just missed? No, because it said age? it said in the um, the text at the beginning that the Nexus Eight model. Uh, doesn't have a limited lifespan. So the assumption is that mm. Deckard is one of the latest models. Um, but in which... the original, they were destroying Nexus 6s. Yeah, yes. he was around before. And he was always... Cause cause he had he know? Because yeah. he might have had implanted memory. So that, like, in my in my opinion, Deckard basically didn't exist until the beginning of the movie. Okay. And there, everything else is implanted memories. This is getting really wonky. <laughs> yeah. And we should be about, talking about Ask us about the women. <laughs> <laughs> Miriam, what do you think of the treatment of women? Uh, <laughs> That's my uh, English A-level style. No, I mean, I think it would have been interesting for the people who have watched the first one recently to like compare that from the first to the second, because obviously there's kind of that infamous rape scene from the first yeah um, i don't remember much more about um the treatment of women from the first can can you guys comment on yeah because to be honest like when i rewatched um the film a week before the new one came out i was really struck by the scene between harrison ford yeah, and uh, the I'd rachel character what, quite what it was like i'd forgotten about it and it, and it is basically a rape scene um and it, it's quite troubling actually yeah my female um, housemate was watching it for the first time she was like oh my god what's he what, what's yeah. happening um it's very uh 
yeah, it was kind of horrible. Distressing. But then uh, it's got so it's got um, then it's got two other sort of strong female characters, hasn't it? Um, in Daryl Hannah and um, I can't remember the other actress um, who doesn't fare too well um, no. in the in the in the rest of the film. But uh, I, I would say it's fairly similar, but it definitely doesn't have the same sort of uh, like in in twenty forty nine. It seems that like every female character is basically a sex worker mm. and there's a lot of sort of monuments of like naked women and a lot of the imagery is sort of objectified women. I think that's probably where the issue... And like all of them die. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, to be fair, all of everyone dies really. I yes, mean, that's true. It's pretty much a yeah. lot of death. Mm. But I was going to say the one character I can think of that doesn't fit in with that is um, the, the Robin... Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Robin Wright um, but also, sort of also uh, woman. Yeah, but she d- she dies this really dramatic, it's horrible, hard yeah. death, <laughs> and the men really don't. Badly. Like the men's deaths aren't as visual as hers, and I'm like, why is that mm. some weird fetish thing? Like, why is that there just for her character? The like, old uh, broken glass hand. I don't fetish. know. Yeah, oh, God, very popular. It's a lot of violence. Well, you remember, remember the worst death is probably the. Um, the guy that made the androids in the first film, who gets his face gradually squashed by yeah. Rutger Hauer, which is another fetish of mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very much he not. is a very attractive man. Very much not. Um, <laughs> did you think? What did you think it was worse in this film than in the first film? Then it's definitely or, it's definitely worse. Um, if we're to use that term, worse. I just worse, think, yeah. but like, more troubling. Yeah, you'd think I by think now, so. like they, you know, this shouldn't be okay. Like it wouldn't have been okay back then, but even so, yeah. This is this now. is the thing. I think in 1982, like, obviously I was not alive then, but I think uh, come so, on, society, <laughs> culturally, David, you're losing out. None of us were alive Any in that year. Alive. No, no. I was, wait, I was minus seven. <laughs> minus seven. Yeah, minus eight for me. Um, but I presume you, you, you can. Don't ask me. It was potentially more accepted that men sort of, you know, ruled how society, in, in film as well as in real life. But obviously this is like a dystopian film. Yeah, Even in the first one, film. he's like tender towards Rachel and the other women characters are like fairly strong. And like Daryl Hannah is a prostitute, but she's not objectified visually, I don't think. She's sleeping in like garbage and stuff. But then like in the new film, Ryan Gosling's Joy, she's called, isn't she? Yeah. The little winner, he plays the William Tell theme and she comes a running. Um, yeah, making a and meal. like he, he, she's just like there, she changes to suit his mood, um, yeah. and, and I just think that in the way that like the giant women sort of walk around and there all those fallen statues with just like silhouettes of breasts and stuff. Mm. I don't quite know what. And we get right. Denny Villeneuve is trying to do here. Yeah, like what was the purpose of that? Does that need to be there? Well, I think her narrative purpose is quite clear because she's designed by a company like Google or whatever to basically just be your doting Alexa. Yeah. Like, I think it's a critique of that. Well, yeah, because yeah, it means that yeah. it, it, it it does at the end of the day her, her and this is troubling as well, but her role in the film is character development for Kay for Ryan Gosling's character mm-hmm. to show how lonely he is and how basically he is so connected to something mm. which in the end there's a big scene, isn't there, with the big hologram where he realizes that it's only uh, saying what he wants it to say, um, mm. and it's like his development from android into sort of more something more related to a human being. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. I, th- I think they were trying to like critique that with Joy's character, but it was just a shame that everywhere else, like, there yeah. seemed to be no justification for it. Um, yeah, it just seemed to be very much male gay. Like, it's just like there was there was no equivalent for females. Like, none of the females had their own little holograms, like making them dinner. Like, no, there were no <laughs> male prostitutes, no male like naked men. Like, it was just nothing was like the equivalent, and yeah. so it was just so blindingly 
obviously like sexist I think such a male gaze and and Robin Wright's uh, Lieutenant Josh here as well at one point is quite clearly attracted to Ryan Gosling and he doesn't clock it and he? he doesn't really clock it but then there's no like there's no male equivalent for yeah. her where's her like sex robot well, I think, yeah basically. I thought the idea was that he was her sex robot that he is he is the object of uh, of lust of the women around him because he's an android and he's a second class citizen mm. so I actually took that to be that if she wanted to, she could yeah. um, demand that he have sex with her. And I think at one point he sort of avoids that by changing the subject yeah, or something. The subject. Um, but there's sort of a slight... But, but at that point, point, that, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't think he's a... Re- no one does know that he doesn't think. <laughs> See, it's very confusing. Him. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole <laughs> film is extremely ambiguous and confusing. But uh, in, in my opinion, in, in all the best ways, because I just love complex sci-fi movies. Yeah. And they don't really get made often. And it doesn't look like any more are really going to get made because this is absolutely bombed at yeah. the box office. Well, is that, yeah, is that why it's bombed? Because it's complicated and people don't like complications. People just well, want, no women have gone to watch it. Emoji, <laughs> which emoji really? pages, don't yeah. Oh, I didn't one. know that. Talking poos and Lego poos. <laughs> Was it called Sausage Party, that film? Sausage yeah, exactly. Emoji movie. Just talking poos and, you know, like <laughs> Lego things and superheroes and stuff. Which yeah, I, I've the... not seen Wonder Woman, but apparently that is a great antithesis to the uh, the gender roles. Robin like, Wright in, in also in that movie. Yeah. She's on a, she's she's on a role. She's great. Um, um, but, but we mentioned the test. What's it called, Scott? I forgot the name. Yeah, is it the, the Betschel no, test? Yeah, I'm not sure how to Driving pronounce test. it. Driving test. I should know. <laughs> <laughs> not naming I'm thinking of the name of the Android test within the fiction. Oh, no, of the no, movie. no. The, not the Turing test, no. No, no, it has a different what? name. It's a two-part name. It's the about? test that Deckard Sorry. plays uh, on the robots in the film. It's like Interlink, Interlink. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I think that's in turn a different one. Oh. Um, but the one he's running, <laughs> What's your his, point? His one is all like, <laughs> there's, a wasp, there's a wasp crawling up your arm. What yeah. do you do? I kill it. And it's like to find out if you're an android. Anyway, yes. never mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Bechdel test you're talking about. Which yeah. is... Go ahead. <laughs> which Damn. I think is... Um, it, it's basically a film school thing where um, yeah. to pass it, you need... Two women on the screen during a film who have a conversation for longer than a minute that isn't about a man. Yeah. Uh, and Which Blade Runner 2049 definitely this... does not pass okay. that test. Because the whole point of the female characters is to develop, like you say, the, the male characters and they're kind of like the heroes and, and their needs. It's not really reciprocated, I don't think, in any way. It's to, it's to give them a sense of angst, isn't it? That, yeah. that bit where she gets crushed and destroyed forever, it's not about how much she suffers at that point. She doesn't even necessarily exist. It's about mm. how much he suffers in seeing mm. her die. Yeah, I'm not. Def- I'm not defending the film here, but I just want to ask: um, Do you think that it suffers because we're watching it through a very sort of um, 21st century liberal view of equal rights? Yeah, and because it is showing a dystopian future, it's trying to critique the treatment of women. But because we view it as so much more unacceptable than it was 35 years ago that it therefore comes across as more sexist. I think they just should never... If, if that's the defence that they have, they should have never tried that. It just it wouldn't work. Like, why? That's what I'm saying. They were trying to critique it by saying, this isn't cool, look how screwed that this is. That definitely doesn't come across. No, like, no that's I'm, not, I'm not saying it doesn't. I would yeah. say. Yeah, that's the counter-argument. If that's their one argument, I think that's ridiculous. That's fine. <laughs> I think the problem is that there were no women in the room um, in making this film. So the director of cinematography is, is, is a dude. Director's a dude. Both the writers are dudes. Yeah. produced by Ridley Scott. Um, there, there might have been some women in the room at some point, but in terms of who the main sort of players in make, getting this film made were, mm-hmm. uh, there weren't. So maybe that would have helped uh, sort of sand away some of these rough edges that we're talking about. But then now. I think the one moment in the film where it kind of, not redeems itself, but it's like an antithesis, is the scene where Jared Leto's character brings in the uh, clone of Rachel that he's made. Mm. And you see Harrison Ford doing some actually surprisingly good acting for yeah. Harrison Ford. <laughs> he, sits, he sits down most what of the time. Yeah, 
He's Wait, a good actor. He's wooden in some things. What's he, what's he wooden in? Um, Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that scene where he's like showing like, you know, emotion. Well, I think he's a and, good actor. No, he's quite good. Anyway. Um, but you, saw, you know what I mean. He kind of phoned it in a little bit in Star Wars. Yeah. What, the but recent I, Star Wars? Yeah, I came out, I came out of the you? film and I was like, I think actually for the entire film I liked it because I wasn't thinking, oh, it's just Han Solo. No. I was thinking like, that's decade. Anyway, but yeah, no, when he showed the emotion he shows and the way that... But then I suppose that woman does then get brutally shot in the head. Yeah. That scene is, is and quite troubling. that's the same woman, right, that he raped in the first movie? Yes. Yes. So. Well, it's not. It's a copy. But oh, yeah. still. But um, when she is, she is literally surplus to his requirements. Yeah. And then he's immediately... Yeah. There, we, yeah. we haven't mentioned the, um, the the really awesome female character in the movie, though. Um, the uh, Jared Leto's, like, henchwoman. Love, I think was her name. L- Love. Who also suffered a disgusting death. She did. <laughs> yeah. But she was a bit of an arsehole. So. But she well, also... That, I mean, that's the classic um, duality, isn't it? That women are either uh, terrifying or... Yes. Yeah. Um, Submissive. Which is what Daryl... Yeah, which is what happens to Daryl Hannah in the first movie. She, yep. uh, she is the Daryl Hannah character, effectively. Yeah. Only cooler, I would think. Oh, way better. The way she does it is... Really... Well, she's not the Daryl Hannah character, because there is the other prostitute who is, like, part of the, the movie? Yeah, I think and it's interesting. Her character doesn't get developed at all. Have brought up Which how... is a massive shame, because Mackenzie yeah. Davis is one of the best actresses we have. So, <laughs> more screen time. I thought, that was a shame. I thought that was a bit of a weird one in the film. Yeah. Like she was introduced like that, and then just nothing happens with her. They bring Fraser back for a bit, and yeah. then it's all a bit like... Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a very good film. It's so better than most of the other stuff I've seen at the cinema for a long time. But it was always going to be overrated, right? The main, the main thing I wanted to say about this film... I know you hate Don't that. you dare. <laughs> Sorry, the main thing I wanted to say about this film is that, um, like, visually, it is about as good as it gets. But um, in terms of, like, good sci-fi movies, like, I watched Denis Villeneuve's uh, Arrival uh, last such a good year. film. And the thing is, like, Arrival is, yes, it's gorgeous, but also it's got this incredible story and loads, like, loads of thematic stuff which actually sort of comes around full circle. And it treats women pretty great. Yes, Whereas Blade Runner had, for me, more of the style, less of the substance, um, which was, uh, it kind of, dis- uh, that's what disappointed me in the end. Still a great movie, but the expectations obviously were hugely high. You should still go see it, everyone. Good, yes. we're giving you can make your, your, the last, your uh, own word. decision about mm. what you think about it. Yeah. I think you should not see it because it's been criticised for being sexist. And racist, might I add. But anyway, that's, <laughs> that's a whole story. new podcast. Yeah, I was quite lucky because I didn't go in with all of these sort of criticisms front of my mind. And then I basically no, dug into I. them afterwards. Yeah, yeah that's the same thing. Which is a nice yeah. way to do it because then it doesn't ruin your experience of the movie. Yeah, we yeah. didn't read any. It's, it's, it was impossible for me to not see lots of five stars everywhere. But I didn't yeah. read any reviews before I went. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll finally get you people to answer a question, which is, and this is the best of all, by the way, replican or replicar? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going the other way. Miriam. I don't know what they mean. Is replican like it was good? Yeah. Or, yeah, replican, like an American or American. I mean, except for replican. Replican, then, for sure. You know, uh, it's got a replican. I still liked it. Nice, Henry. I think replican because it's made us talk about important things. So basically, the men like it and it looks visually, yeah. visually, visually it's That's incredible. Troubling. Good look. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Excellent. <laughs> I did like it. Yeah. <laughs> I still went like paid to go and see it. Still enjoyed it. Well, uh, that's enough of that. Thank you. <laughs> that sounded really sexist, actually. That's not enough of Miriam talking. That's enough of the Tech Weekly podcast, which is over for another week. Feel free to get in touch and let us know your thoughts and opinions uh, or to advertise or whatever. Um, you can tweet us <laughs> on any me. of these topics, hard sell, using the handle at UK Tech Podcast or email us on editor at idg.co.uk. We will be back next week, hopefully, with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. 
Uh, you can find us on Acast, iTunes, SoundCloud, and various other podcast sources, I think. <laughs> uh, don't forget to subscribe, comment, tell us, uh, tell your friends, or like us. Until then, very professional. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. 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 UK Tech Weekly Podcast. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.